Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and want to welcome you to the podcast. Glad you hit the play button. Glad you're joining me today. Glad you're jumping in with me into the conversation as we continue again this week on the subject we're titling the obedience of faith and how the New Testament, all through the New, even the Old Testament, faith was demonstrated by obedience. And obedience is the issue. Why? Because it's all about trust. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust his word. He wants us to trust his ways. And that trust is most often demonstrated through our obedience to what he says in his word, what he says in anything he says, there is the power in that word. There's grace in every word for us to do what he said do. Best example I can think of is when Jesus invited Peter to come out on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And what did Jesus say? Come. He gave him one word instruction, come. And that invitation, that word had the power to cause Peter's feet to stand on water. And he walked on water going to Jesus. And you might say, yeah, but he sank. (laughs) Come on, guys. But he did it. He walked on the water. And yeah, he let his eyes get distracted. He saw the wind. He saw the waves. And he had a second miracle. The first one was he walked on water. The next miracle was he began to sink. I don't know anybody who's ever jumped out of a boat into the water and began to sink. No, that was miracle number two. No, it was a progressive miracle where he began to sink. But as you know, Jesus reached down, picked him up. He got back on the water. They got back in the boat. But here's the thing. That word, that instruction had the power to support Peter. And every instruction in God's word, every boundary he gives, every instruction he gives has within it the power for us to obey, the power for us to trust and lean on him and his integrity. Amen. So let's jump back into our study today, men, as we look at the obedience of faith. I'm going to give you one quick recap of last week's scriptures. And it's Hebrews 5. I love this about the Lord. Hebrews 5, uh, the context is 5 through 11, but it wraps up saying this. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, or that is matured, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. To all who obey him. That's right. Our faith in him is revealed in our obedience to him. That's why James chapter 2, you read like uh, verse 14 through 26. We did that a couple weeks back. You see how faith and works have to be together. It's not just enough to say, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus or I believe in heaven or in hell. No, Our belief has to move us to where we trust that word, which leads to an obedience to any instruction, any boundary set by the word of God. Was not Abraham our father? James chapter 2 says, was not Abraham our father justified by works of obedience when he offered up Isaac upon the altar? You know, 
Abraham's called the father of faith. Hebrews, I'm sorry, Romans 4 unpacks a huge um, tribute unto Abraham, the father of our faith. And it's all keyed off of Genesis 22, where he was offering Isaac, his son, in obedience to God's instruction, which was trusting God's way. It didn't make sense to have children like the stars of heaven, children like the sand of the shore. If you're going to put to death the one son he gave you, that doesn't make sense. Yet God's ways are higher than our ways. And it was through his obedience. Now Abraham is not only the father of a natural lineage, Israel, the sand on the shore, but he has a spiritual inheritance. You and I, through faith in Jesus Christ, we're like the stars of heaven. And Abraham is our father of faith because he is the father of our obedience. And his obedience, it says, Um, Later in James 2, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works or obedience is dead. Now let this verse ring your bell. John chapter 15. (laughs) These are the very words of Jesus. John chapter 15. You know, people have always, uh, perhaps you've heard that song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. It's a powerful, powerful truth. And yet we must remember that the word friend is, in biblical definition, is a covenant word. We use the word friend like, hey, we're buddies. Hey, we like to hang out. Hey, we have a lot in common. Hey, we enjoy our company. But that was not what God was commending when he called Abraham his friend. No, Abraham was his covenant partner. That would be like saying Abraham's my wife because it's this covenant union this it's a covenant by choice it's a it's a commitment by choice it's a commitment that is sacrificial and loving and giving by choice and to death and that was why abraham was called the friend of god because he was his covenant partner he was willing to do life with god and to do life god's way that's what made abraham god's friend and so jesus picks up that verbiage and says In John 15, you can read it. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. What? (laughs) Did Jesus just say what I've read? You are my friends, not if you sing the song, not if you just believe in God, not if you just believe in heaven, believe in hell. Those are all good things. Believe in angels. That's good. Angels are real. Why are we his friends? Why, how do we become his covenant partners? If you do whatever I command you, Jesus said, these are the things I command you, that you love one another. So even Jesus put together obedience and faith. Having faith in him, according to his own words, means we trust him and we obey him. This is why if you go to Matthew chapter 7. Let me see if I can grab that here in my Bible. Matthew chapter 7. This is (laughs) another great example of it. I think you're beginning to see after just a few weeks of this, this idea of uh, expressing our faith through our obedience was not an isolated thought. It's not a a random, you know, connection. It is truly synonymous. The Lord expects us to trust him. And that's one of the greatest things we can ever give to him is our trust. 
That's our faith in that's our faith in action. That's putting legs to our faith. That's giving an action and an expression to our faith when we trust Him, when we trust His way of doing things. We trust the boundaries that His Word puts in place. So here in Matthew chapter seven, um, this is so very powerful. It's talking about a Matthew seven. He's talking about at the end of the chapter, and this is towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7, picking it up in verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he who hears my sayings and does them, I will liken him to a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Now, men, don't we want our house on the rock? Don't we want our marriages on the rock? Don't we want to teach our children how to live life on the rock, in the rock, Jesus Christ? Well, what did he say was going to produce that? What's going to put my life on a rock? What's going to put my house on the rock? What's going to put my marriage on the rock? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them and does them, acts on them, obeys them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house on a rock so that when the rains descended and the floods came, notice it didn't say, and if the rain would ever come, and if the flood would ever come, or if the wind would ever blow. No, it says when. When the rain comes. How many storms are coming? And you might be saying, Mark, don't prophesy that. Don't speak that over me. I'm not. Jesus did. Jesus said storms are coming. He said rain's coming, wind's coming. It's going to beat on your house. But when we hear what he has to say about things, and then we obey it, and we trust it, and we align ourselves with it, We're called a wise man who's building his house on a rock so that once the wind stops blowing and the rain stops falling, the house will not have fallen because it was founded on a rock. The rock is what? Our obedience to God's instruction, our obedience to his word, which is our trust. That's our faith. Now, here's the flip. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not does not trust, does not obey, does not align, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house. Notice he still built a house. You might even say it would be a house of faith, right? He he heard the sayings. He heard his words. I mean, it's not just listening to the word that puts our house on the rock. Now, let that sink in, guys. It's not just listening to, to the word or listening to Jesus that puts my life or yours on a rock. What is it? It's when I listen and you listen, we listen and then obey and then align, make adjustments, get in line, trust, amen, believe. He goes, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is likened unto a foolish man which built his house, not on a rock. He said, this house is on sand. And the rain descended, again, not if, rain comes, floods come, wind comes, and it beat on that house, but it fell. And Jesus said, great was the fall of it. Now, do you see then how Jesus himself in his own words in the very famous Sermon on the Mount wrapped the whole sermon up with letting them know, hey, storms are going to come to all of us. And our faith can put us on a rock. 
if our faith is demonstrated through trust and through obedience to God's word, to God's ways, to God's boundaries, to God's precepts, to God's commandments, to God's statutes. That's the thing that you and I can do to put our house on the rock, put our marriage on the rock, put our families on a rock, put future generations on a rock when we give them the example of faith. Amen. Now look at this scripture from the book of Acts chapter 6. This is the early church. Again, you're going to see with me here in Scripture how obedience and faith are connected. They were always connected in the early church, always connected in the Bible. And so here's what it says in Acts 6-7. Then the word of God began to spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Did you catch it? The word of God spreading, disciples are increasing, actually multiplying greatly, not only there, but now it's reaching into the old guard of the, of the Jewish priesthood. And it says now a many or a big number of priests were becoming, Acts 6, 7, were becoming what? Obedient to the faith, obedient to the faith. And then it says in 1 Peter 1, in 1 Peter 1, it says, as obedient children, not conforming ourselves to former lusts as in our ignorance. Did you catch it? Oh, obedient children. How I many know I want to be as a man? I might be a man. I might have decades under my belt, but I'm still a child. I'm a child of God. And no matter how many decades I get under my belt, I still need to have a childlike faith. I need to have a trusting faith. And I have to be willing to say, God, you're my creator. You created my spirit. You fathered me. You fathered me from heaven. You gave my spirit a body. I'm living in that body in the earth. But I'm going to glorify you in my body and in my spirit, which all belong to you. God, I belong to you by right of creation, and God, I belong to you by right of redemption. I am yours. I belong to you. Notice how many times in the epistles when the different writers will actually introduce themselves as a bond servant of Jesus Christ. It's interesting. Open up several of the letters in the New Testament, and you'll see they identify themselves. Yes, they're sons of God, but they identify themselves as bond servants of Jesus Christ. And I love this quote. I'll leave, I'll give this to you, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up our conversation here this week, there's a great pastor in Seoul, Korea. And for many, many years, um, decades probably had the largest church congregation wise in the entire world. And Dr. Cho was of course, many times, um, uh, on different conferences and different places, and he was a sought-after speaker, you know. He built the largest church in the world and was the largest church. I think there are some churches in Africa that might be getting as big or bigger now. But the point is, I love what Dr. Cho said so often when they said, how did you, how did you build such a large church? How did you build this amazing church? How did you do? And, you know, and everybody wants the formula. <laughs> You know how many we love formulas, don't we? We love principles. We love formulas. That way we can just duplicate them and maybe get the same results. Well, here's Dr. Cho's result uh, response. He said, I pray, I obey. 
<laughs> what? How'd you do it, Doctor Cho? What's your What's the secret of your success? I pray, I obey. Now, come on, guys. If we're going to press into Christ likeness, and that's what the Marksman Podcast is all about. How many of Jesus? learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. We read that out of Hebrews 5 last week. How many know we can align ourselves into a place of living like Jesus if we just do even what Dr. Cho said in his own words? I pray and I obey. In other words, even when we get in the word, that's part of our prayer life because when we read the word, we're listening to God. And prayer is conversation, and it's not just one way. It's not just what we say to God in prayer. It's what we hear. And when we open the Bible up, Dr. Cho used to always say this. Every time, he said, every time I open my Bible, Dr. Cho said, Holy Ghost, let's go read the Word. How many of we have the author of the Bible living in us, and he can cause the Bible to come alive in us, and he can cause the Bible to be a living, breathing word for our soul. And what we hear, we just have to obey. And not only can Dr. Cho do great things for God and the kingdom, how many of you men, each and every one of us, we can do great things for God if we just simply pray and obey, just read and listen and hear and obey. You know, man, I want to say thank you again for being a part of the podcast. It's such a joy to just be together week after week, just pressing into the scripture, pressing in with the help of the Holy Spirit, pressing into Christ likeness. So I hope you're enjoying the study. Hope you're enjoying the conversation as we dig week by week into the obedience of faith. 